So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay. Well, listen here. Hello, and welcome to 90 Day Fiance MK. I'm Mr. O, and today, Miss H and I will be discussing Season 9, Episode 7 of 90 Day Fiance. In this episode, Miona is not happy about her only opportunity to escape South Dakota, Eve's friends antagonize Muhammad, Guillermo meets Kara's character of an ex, Vinny does his best to not impress Ari's family, Emily wants Kobe to learn how to do things her way, and Shida finally brings up the kid conversation with Bilal. As always, we'll end with our students of the week, class dunces, and life lessons. If you like what you hear, please give us a five-star rating and subscribe. Also, we're trying a little bit of a different format this week, so let us know what you think. All right, thanks for listening. Stay safe and enjoy. Hello, Mr. O. Hello, Miss H. How are you? I'm good that we're sitting across the table from you today. <laughs> we are, we are. And uh, we're definitely mixing up the format with today's podcast because we are in person. Yeah, and we don't want to take notes. <laughs> yeah, we're trying to shorthand it here a little bit. So uh, the format is um, going to be a little bit different because we're going to go segment by segment instead of uh, summarizing the couples like we normally do. So we just got started. We're going to summarize uh, the segment and then we're going to talk about each segment instead. So I'll go ahead and get started. Uh, we started off with Eve and Mohammed. Uh, they're getting ready to go out to meet up with Eve's squad of girls. And as soon as they are leaving the house, Mohammed points out the fact that he can see her butt in the dress that she's wearing. So he asks her to put on another jacket. She seems a bit annoyed, but she agrees. And, you know, the whole time she's thinking, like, I don't know what he's talking about. What I was wearing is fine. And in her defense, the dress was modest, but as the camera shows us, you could see her black thong. <laughs> so they head out to have dinner with her friends and they immediately start grilling Muhammad, asking him about his serious girlfriends, asking him, you know, if he really has only ever had sex with Eve, asking him if he's watched porno. And he is very uncomfortable with all this, especially because he feels like they're judging him when he thinks that they have no room for that, considering the fact that they're all showing up, boobs out and ready to attack. So uh, they're kind of going back and forth and they bring up uh, the issue of control. And Muhammad questions a little bit why... You know, women in America don't want to be controlled. And uh, they're thinking that he is really controlling. And so, you know, this kind of goes back and forth, their line of questioning. And things, you know, don't really go so smoothly. And they're wondering if Mohammed, you know, is going to be this way the entire time in their relationship. And then Eve even kind of throws onto the pile and says, yeah, you told me to change my outfit. And Mohammed is trying to defend himself, saying that, you know, he's trying to protect her. And they're wondering if he's really trying to protect them or if he's just trying to be controlling. So what was your whole take on this dinner? I mean, he was very perceptive in that. He was. He was. Ex he knew exactly what was happening in that dinner. <laughs> yeah. And, like, I mean, and to the point where, like, yes, I think he is controlling. And it, it but it, it's weird because it's. I feel like it's just slowly coming out. Like the underwear right. thing, I kind of feel like, oh, maybe that's just a lost in translation thing. Because if if my girlfriend was wearing something like that, I'd be, I want to be like, hey, girlfriend, um, I can totally see all of your underwear through that dress. Just, yeah. just so you know. Well, he did <laughs> say you could see everything, but it was weird that he blamed it on the jacket. He was like, are you sure you want to wear that jacket? You can see everything. It's like. It's not the jackets. Well, because it was a it was a it was a crop jacket. He wanted to right. wear a long jacket. Yeah. But it was really the thong's fault. Like yes. different like, color would have just underwear. been fire. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but and, and he was right. I don't know that um, you know, I think that he was right and that they, they were they were there to like track trap him and be like, well, we're yeah. gonna we're gonna prod him as a Muslim person and see if right. we can get a rise out of him. I don't know that their boobs being out was part of that. I think No, just, not part of the plan. I just think they always have their boobs out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, the one uh friend was extra conservative. It looked like she had like a full on sweatshirt on. 
Yeah, yeah, it was like totally covered up, and it was. But she was the one who pointed out the other ones. How are you feeling about this? And but she wasn't she also the one that asked him like if he ever watched porn because yeah. apparently that's the only way to know how to have, have sex, sex. Which I'll say it out loud, like no, it, whatever you see in porn, you should <laughs> not do. That's not not a good thing. Like. Not, not, do not take instructions from porn, everyone. Maybe yeah, that's a that would be life a lesson. weird. Yeah, that would be a weird way to learn how. Right, and well, <laughs> I, 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 you know, you heard like Sirik stories about how, like, you know, this whole generation of men that like sucks at having sex because they just try to do what they see in porn. Gosh, it's yeah. Like, no, but like they're, I mean, they clearly brought up porn because they're like, what's taboo? Let's order drinks. Let's ask him about porn. Yeah. Let's see if, like, the, how how do you even know how to do it? Like and. He's not wrong that they're trying to judge him and they're trying to make him feel uncomfortable. They are. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So I don't know. This, this, they were definitely went hard on him from the beginning with, I mean, it was almost like badgering. Yeah. 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 It was really, tell us your side of the story. And it's, I don't know. It just, and he, I might've been almost on team Muhammad until he did the thing where he was like, I don't know why these women don't want to be controlled. <laughs> That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, that was kind of a weird thing to say, I guess, from an American perspective. Sure. Um, and it was kind of funny because, you know, he just seems so, you know, like happy and like hard to read this whole time. This was kind of the first time that I've like, oh, okay, like we're starting to really see the real him. Right. And it's not coming off as outwardly aggressive, but we definitely can see like, oh, okay, you guys are going to clash on something. Right. Well, I mean, it just reminds me a lot of how I feel like he was kind of like implying that Muslim women like being controlled, right? Uh, and that's a huge like common thread between a lot of oppressive societies like mm -hmm. you can go and read stuff before the civil war and there's tons of writing from you know these slate the, the planter class about yeah. like black people like being slaves why would we end slavery and it's right, like no right. they, no they just no because you're the they oppressor yeah. they can't express it to you also yes. in some of them might just not know any other way and they just have accepted the yeah. way that they live and so that doesn't mean they like it or want it yeah they're yeah. just realizing that their situation isn't one where they really have control or to make decisions about it. Right, right. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, okay. All well, right. we'll be back after the next segment. All right. So next was Kara and Guillermo. We start off with them getting in the car for Guillermo's first balloon thing, which sounds like it could be weird until we remember that, oh, yeah, Kara sets up balloons as her <laughs> job. So he had the... It starts off awesome because she he says she says get a box of screws and don't drop any of them and he immediately drops them. <laughs> but at the end of the day, it turns out that it's not really him that's the problem here. The balloon setup is going to be for her ten year high school reunion, and I'll be honest, from the way she talked about it and some of the pictures we saw, she was definitely like a popular bitch in high school, <laughs> and she really wants to wow these people with a bomb ass balloon setup. Um, which stresses her out, and uh, her response for getting stressed out is to be super sarcastic, super mean, and super bossy. <laughs> uh, so he's trying to do balloons. She's like, you can't use that one. No, not big enough. You need to go moss, moss, moss. No, too big. And like, pop these balloons. I'm going to set these up. And at some point, he's like, hey, maybe we should do it this way. She's like, uh-huh, keep talking. I'm Okay, all right, do what you want, um, as a point indicating that she's going to be ignoring him. There's all kinds of more stuff that goes on uh, among that vein. She's just being really nasty to him the entire time, um, not listening to his opinion. And he's then they kind of calm down as she's ending it up. And, you know, she says, well, how are you feeling about this reunion? And he's nervous to meet her ex um, who she dated for like the last two years of high school. It is introduced to us by a super drunk picture of him in a sombrero licking her face. <laughs> Just very, very, yeah, that time, early 2000 time, whenever she graduated. <laughs> um, then it comes to the end that she has these extra silver balloons. And she's like, oh, we don't need those extras. You can pop them. And Guillermo's like, oh, hang on to them. Maybe I'll give them to some kids later. 
And as he turns his back, she pops them anyway. Stabby murder style. (laughs) Steps down. And he's like, why did you do what I told you not to do? She's like, you said you were going to give up for kids. That's basically, she's like, that's stupid. You're stupid. (laughs) And Guillermo kind of ends the scene being like, I don't like how she thinks I'm stupid and bosses me around all the time. This is uh, pretty bad. So I don't know. This feels like, does this... Kara's heel turn? Is this her turn for to the dark side here? Uh, I hope not. I'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt. And, you know, she seems to be really concerned about this reunion. Um, but, you know, it's like one of those things where, you know, people say things like, oh, you know, I'm only like this because I have this future thing that I'm stressed about. But mm-hmm. the reality is, is there's always going to be something that stresses you out. And so yes. if you always handle things the same way, like that's going to be really shitty. Like today it's your 10 year you know, reunion tomorrow. It's like bills are due, you know? Right. And then um, I mean, there's a setup. It's like somebody's baby showers. Coming right. Like, yeah, yeah, whatever it is. There's always yeah, a thing. There's always going to be something. So it does concern me. Like, this is how you handle stress. Oh, buddy, you're in for it. Right. And it was like, I don't know. It just seemed weird to me that. And she's in a pretty, she's from this area. She's in a pretty hoity toity, you know, college town. It's a rich, it's a rich place. It really mm-hmm. is. And, like, I don't care how awesome the balloon setup she was having was. When yeah. you come back, you're like, oh, 10 years later, Kara made up a – she was like, oh, Kara – she was afraid people would be like, what a shitty balloon thing. And I was like, I'm pretty sure a lot of these people are like lawyers and investment bankers that are going to be like, oh, Kara's setting up balloons. <laughs> like, regardless of how awesome the yeah. setup is. You peaked in college. It doesn't matter like your best balloon <laughs> arrangement. It's not going to matter. I did – that Guillermo was like kind of pushing her buttons a little bit like I don't know if it was intentional or not but like if I was kind of in a heightened thing of stress like I would have probably been annoyed with him too I I don't I would like to think I would have reacted better than she did but things like you know where he's just like well I think we should do this like now is not the time to put in your opinions, right? She's like right. already stressed. She has a she's a vision. Let her fulfill your vision. This is your first day on the job, dude. Like you yeah. are not the designer. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. He was definitely pushing it a little bit, but yeah. I mean, but he also knew because I don't know if he wanted to be treated like that. Because yes, it would have been a much more reasonable way to handle it. Been like it's kind of late to change the design right now since yeah. things are like two thirds of the way up. Right. So we're just going to go with this. Okay. Yeah. Like yeah. instead of just like hit her. Oh, go ahead. Keep talking. I won't, I won't listen. I'm doing what yeah. I want. Like your opinion yeah. doesn't matter because it does make it sound like your opinion doesn't matter. And in, in, instead of it's too late to act on your opinion, which right. is a definitely different thing. Yeah. Well, like I said, she did not react to it the best way, but at the same time, you know, he was definitely, I don't want to say going out of his way to be annoying, but he's definitely being annoying. Oh yeah. I mean, he said the magic words. He told her to calm down. Yeah, that's bad. I mean, we even saw last week, like Ari and Binyam, it's like you can't tell a crazy person to like calm down or at least someone who's in a crazy state. That's like the worst thing you can do. Yeah, calm down is just like, oh, because that's belittling to them. Like you shouldn't be stressed. Like what you're feeling isn't real. Stop feeling that way. And which is as, you know, invalidating to her as it is to him. Right, right. Definitely. So, yeah. Okay. I had one quick, like, question. Okay. Like, she seemed to be gluing stuff with a hot glue gun. That seems like a bad combination with balloons, right? You have plastic and hot stuff. Like, so, wouldn't that melt it? I feel like she was putting it on the Mylar balloons, which seems like it would be fine. Okay. But then she was sticking the Mylar balloons onto the plastic Onto balloons. the rubber balloons. Yeah, that seems like it would be yeah. bad. And I was told, okay, when I get, last time I had to get a balloon set up thing for uh-huh. like some of my seniors or whatever, I like went in to get, went in to get it to the, the market that day. And they're like, oh, you have to call ahead of time because like we treat the inside of the balloons with this material or else they will deflate like within hours. Interesting. Like, we need to, so I don't know. I feel like it's her job. So you should do it. But I kind of wanted to see that balloon thing at the end of the night. It's yeah. one of those things too, but she was so stressed out about it. And I feel like 90% of people are going to be like, Oh yeah, there's balloons. Like, yeah, they're not going to notice, gonna but notice she's going to be like, oh yeah, check it out. Cause it's going to be on the backdrop of some like, oh, uh, you know, it's supposed to be like a photo booth or something. It's supposed to be the photo booth. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And so she's going to be like, my balloons are in all these photos. Oh yeah. Tag, tag Kara balloons on Instagram. Like oh, that's what she's going for. Uh-huh. Yeah. All right. Okay. Next up we have is Jabri and Miona who are going to visit Shane, Jabri's grandma, who is he describes as a liberal lesbian feminist 
So they go to visit uh, Shane on her farm and she's helping clean out the stalls of the horses. And she, Miona offers to help because she wants to be a helpful daughter-in-law, as she says. Uh, I should probably also mention Debris and Miona are wearing matching pink plaid jackets, which then sends us into a photo montage of how now matching is their thing. Miona also has some matching uh, pink Air Jordans, so she really doesn't want to do too much work cleaning up horse shit because she doesn't want to ruin her fancy shoes. So she's kind of like just scraping from afar and trying to make it look like she's cleaning up and trying to be helpful. Uh, Shane seems to be pretty accepting of Miona, and, you know, they talk about how Miona is feeling a little uncomfortable because Mahala has all these rules, and she, you know, made her sad by mentioning how she shouldn't be wearing what she's wearing around the house. Shane tries to defend Mahala a little bit by saying, you know, maybe she's looking out for Miona, saying that South Dakota is pretty conservative and she just wants her to be able to fit into her new surroundings. And Miona says, well, this is the reason why I want to move. So Miona reiterates that she wants to move to L.A. She wants to have a wedding on the beach all within 90 days. Debris also reminds Grandma that, you know, this is not his plan. He wants to stay here to save money. And Shane is a little concerned that, you know, even though Debris may be loved, that Miona doesn't seem like the most patient of all people. And, you know, maybe this won't work out. So Shane hopes the best for all of them. Uh, And yeah, that was pretty much their segment for now. So where do you think? I mean, 90 days is pretty fast to move and to have a wedding on the beach. Yeah. And I, I, I mean, obviously you can get the beach wedding fast. Uh, no, I, I take that back. 90 days is an incredibly short amount of time to do any kind of wedding planning. Right. Um, right. Let alone a venue that is like what she's looking for. Because she's not trying to get like, all right, we're going to hop out of the car at the state park and run into the beach. And like, well, you know, I mean, that. technically. You could do that at the beach. I know in California, you can't really reserve like uh, a beach for like a beach wedding, but you can show up and, yeah. you know, there's going to be the public around you. And as long as you don't care about that, you, anyone can get married on the beach. I could get married on the beach tomorrow if I want. But I mean, it's more to it, right? You probably don't want to just have a ceremony on the beach. You probably want to have like a nice place for a reception is what right. I'm going to guess Miona wants. Yeah, she's going to want it. A tent set up and music and you know the whole nine. She's she doesn't want she she because she mentioned it being her dream wedding. Yeah, which is kind of what bothered me. That super bothered me when she was like, "Oh, it's my dream wedding, not anybody else's." And I was like, "What about the person you're getting married to?" Right, because <laughs> Jabri's dream seems to be to have it on the farm at his grandma's place because, as he puts it, that's where his parents got married. And so I did have a question. I was like, his parents like. His biological dad or Brian because – I hope Brian. I hope so too. The comeback would have been like it was his biological dad. It would have been like, hey, that how didn't did that last. turn out? Right. <laughs> that didn't last. Are you sure you want to get married there? I don't know. Seems like maybe yeah. not the best of lucky places. Right. I mean and I mean I definitely appreciated um, you know, Shane there being like – because that just seemed like always her role, right? Like, yeah. Yeah, my daughter's a lot. Like, I get it. Like, you right. rub up against her. Like, that's what, what Jabri said at the beginning. Uh, he'd get in fights with his mom and yeah. then end up at the grandma's house. And she was obviously much more, much more laid back yes. about everything. She was just kind of like, I just want to, like, be there. And it's hard for me to be there if you're going to, like, just jet off in three days and get married at some beach. Right, right. So, yeah, um, we'll kind of see what's winning yeah. out because we know that, you know, this is like kind of the same thing. Just, We're just involving grandma now. Yeah, it's just a different, <laughs> a different person. We're bugging about leaving North, South Dakota right, to LA. Yeah. Right, Okay. All right. So Emily and Coben are next and we get more, um, kind of more breastfeeding drama, <laughs> but really more just parenting drama. So, you know, remember Kobe had to sleep in another bed. So yeah, oh, Emily gets up with Coben, and like the second he gets up, he's already like pulling her shirt off <laughs> to get at the boobs, and like you know, obviously something Kobe can't help with. Um, but then we get to something he can. You know, we get Coben running around with his diaper on, looking a little droopy, needs to get changed. 
And at this point, Emily's like, you know, I've been doing this for 17 months. I feel like I got this mom shit down. I know exactly what I'm doing. And so she just kind of stands over him, his shoulder and kibitzes him as he uh, tries to change the diaper. You're doing it wrong. You need to think. You need to push his wiener down so he doesn't pee on the, uh, the diaper. Yeah. You need to do it this way. You need to do it that way. And he's getting a little annoyed about it um, because he feels like he's good with kids. He's handled kids. She, he's not getting an opportunity to, to show her how, what he can do. So today the plan is to go into town for we don't know why, where he's going to drive around town. And so they put Coben in the car and they, you know, bike her over the uh, car seat. And then Kobe's like, you know what? I feel like I want to drive. I've seen the roads here. They're big. They're wide. Uh, there's like signs that let people do what they want to do. Not at all like driving in Africa, which is way harder and you have to be careful all the time. So I think I can handle it. And Emily's like, absolutely not. You will not drive the first time with Coben in the car. In my car, my car, Ugh. like because he said something about his car, and she's yeah. like, "It's my car." So he finally, even though he's not pleased, gets in the car and they start driving around. And she shows him the coffee shop and uh, the jewelry store, of and, course, and also is demanding that she's like, "Can you hold my hand now, please?" But anyway, then it comes. Um, then they kind of get back to the topic of like. You know, the parenting and the bed situation, especially when they come across these big, you know, beautiful houses. And, you know, Toby just wants to know, like, what's the, what's the deal? How long is it until I can put my son to bed? How long is it going to be until I can sleep with my future wife? And she is very dismissive about the whole concern. She's like, kind of like, it'll take as long as it takes. What does it matter? Like, he can't sleep in here in the bed. He's on my boob. And then he falls asleep. I don't see how this could possibly work. God. And. He's like, well, what's going on? How am I supposed to like know that? And she's like, she again, very dismissive, doesn't seem to care about his feelings at all. Um, and he doesn't know how he's going to fit in. He feels like she kind of made this box for him and he doesn't want to fit in that box. He has his own box that he wants to, to make as a man. He just throws in the as a man. Yeah, all right. So I had told you before, we were talking offline about how like, you know, it seems like online – you know, I'm not a huge fan of Emily. You eh, actively don't like Emily, I don't but like, her. like she's getting as much crap as Bilal, which okay, is that's insane to me. Undeserved, but <laughs> well, that's because Bilal is so terrible. But she is not a good partner. She doesn't seem to be concerned at all what Kobe thinks. She mm -hmm. just cares about her and Coben. And what frustrates me is like people like her are the ones that cry about being a single mom. Yeah. Oh, I have it so hard. I'm a single mom, blah, blah, blah. And as soon as they get help, they just don't want it. And it's like they're, you know, treating things like they're a single mom. It's like, well, you know, if you don't really want help and you really don't want or consider a partner – then just be a single mom and don't complain yeah. about it. Like, yeah. it's fine. That's a choice. Yeah, I mean, she's thrown herself completely at the mercy of this child. Yeah. Do whatever this yeah. child – and I can say that because I've known many people that have breastfed. Yeah. None of them did the kids actively grab their boob and pull it out of the shirt. Oh, right. So that they could feed. Yeah. That is not a thing that they – because you can't – because that's just – and you can see she she's not completely unfazed by it. No. It's just like whatever she's, this kid yeah, needs, okay. I'm just going to – whatever this kid wants. Yeah. I shouldn't say want. You should give your kids what they need. But yeah. like on their own time, he can wait five minutes for you to be ready to right. sit down to feed instead of just grabbing as soon as he wakes up, pulling your boob out of, out of yeah. your shirt. And the thought came to me, too, is, like, situations like this, like, weaning is a thing because kids aren't going to, on their own, want to yeah. not, you know, breastfeed because it's, like, that's all they know. It is a comfort for them, absolutely. Right. And so, yeah, because yeah, you mentioned it. It's like, cause you meant, when, when can I put my son to bed? When can we sleep in when bed When he's together? ready, but he's never yeah, going to be ready if you're leaving it up to him. You have to decide, okay, it's time to wean because – you know, it probably is a very odd thought for them because it's like that's all they've ever known. Why would yes. they ever choose for themselves? Oh, I'm not going to do this anymore. Yeah, yeah, you wouldn't until you're conscious enough to be like, this is fucking weird. Nobody else is doing this anymore, <laughs> right? And even then, that's like five, I think, when yeah. they become socially conscious of what others are doing. Yeah, I've known five-year-olds who have bottles even still. Right, like, right. So, so it, 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 it just – it's you're right. It's never going to change. He's never going to want to sleep in a different bed. Right. But not never, obviously, when you're talking about – but they're way older, way down the road yeah. from now. Yeah. And so I really do kind of wonder where did she think he was going to fall in because I, 
I'm just waiting for the diaper scene, right? Yeah. He knew there was going to be a diaper scene where right. she just told him exactly what she's doing wrong the entire yeah. time. And what we had commented to each other is like, okay, so what? This is his first diaper change. Let him make a mistake. Let Coben pee on himself. You know, it's like, yeah, that sucks. It's annoying. But she's probably made that mistake. And that's why that's she remembers. That's how she learned it. That's yeah. how you learn. You learn yeah. by doing stuff. Like you can't learn by somebody else because all that ends up happening is mm-hmm. you end up keeping that job. Because right. that's you're the only one who wants to do it. Yeah. So. Mm. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. So we're checking in with Ari and Binyam, who are, you know, just hanging out at the house. Ari's saying that, you know, she thinks that they need to be on the same page, especially after their argument when they went to New York City. And it seems like Binyam was like, well, I just didn't realize how unrealistic it was to, like, move. And, you know, that's why you're here because you know your country and he kind of concedes and, you know, she really shouldn't have anything to worry about. So then uh, later, uh, Binyam talks with his sisters, Mimi and Wish, on video chat where, you know, they discuss the spilling wine incident. Spilling wine, of course. <laughs> spilling yes. wine, not throwing wine in someone's face, just, you know, accidental spilling. And they kind of laugh about it and talk about uh, you know, Binyam and Ari and how, you know, they're hoping that they can fix their relationship. And Binyam saying that, you know, Mimi and Wish need to, you know, take it easy on Ari. And they talk about, you know, the game plan for if things don't seem to work out. And Binyam says, well, I guess I can go back to the country, to Ethiopia, like if things don't work out, but I don't want to really leave Avi. And, you know, Mimi and Wish say, well, maybe you should just get married to Ari anyway, so that way you can go back and forth, you know, and (laughs) be able to freely go and see your son because you'll have a green card. So Binyam's like, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. I think I'll get married. And, you know, even if I don't love her and, you know, I don't want to be in this relationship just so I can, you know, keep in contact with Avi. So Binyam is concerned because they're supposed to be having uh, dinner with Ari's family later on. And he's most nervous about Ari's siblings, who he's never met. But he's a little worried because siblings know all about uh, you know, Ari thinking that Binyam cheated on her when she was in the States with Avi uh, for that surgery. So uh, I think we'll probably see the dinner a little bit later today. But... I, would, I would imagine so. I don't know. But it makes sense because Binyam is uh, just afraid of siblings in general. Yeah. Because he <laughs> is, his own. He is clearly afraid of these two women. Like, yeah. Just definitely afraid. Like, yeah. They're like, so what? He's like, I oh, just <laughs> hold on a second. Like he's like having to prep himself for even like just having a Zoom conversation with him about how things <laughs> yeah. are going. Yeah. I think he doesn't want them to know that things are going poorly. And quite honestly, like, you know, I know they were making a big deal about the argument they had in New York. But, I mean, it really wasn't that big of a deal, especially since Binyam was like, oh, OK, well, I didn't know. He just needed a reality check. That was I it. Mean, I don't even think it was a reality check. I feel like. And I feel like part of what he tried to explain, it's kind of like when I look at houses I can't afford on Zoom. Right. You're like, this would be cool to live in, wouldn't yeah. it? It's right on the beach. I could like have this. There's two kitchens. So like, I, I, right. I do those kind of things all the time. I'm never going to buy that house. Right. Like I'm looking at like, yeah, condos in, condos in New York City that I can't afford. Like I'm looking at the how much is this building across the street here in Kansas City? Like I'm not going to live there. But it'd be like kind of, you know, fantasy, fantasy right. more than anything right. else. He was like, I was yeah. fantasizing about it. And I thought we could have fun being like, oh, yeah, we could do this, this. And she's like, you're stressing me out. We can't afford to live in New York City. He's like, okay, pump the brakes. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll see. Maybe dinner later today. All right. So Bilal was next. And uh, it's, you know, they're walking around the city. It's colder than a dog's nose, according to (laughs) Shida. And, you know, they stay past by these gondolas. She doesn't know where they're going. It's a surprise from Bilal. And she's like, I'd like to do that someday. And lo and behold, the surprise is they're going on this romantic gondola ride now, which Bilal associates with, you know, the place we all associate gondolas with, Paris. <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, they get on this gondola and Shida just like pours her heart out to him about how she felt that she would never find love and she thought that, you know, it was past her chance and it was just not in the cards for her. And he says he can really relate to her because he's wanted to be married since he was 10 and, you know. Uh, you, know <laughs> you were married. Jeez. But 
especially after the divorce, he thought I'd never find love again. He definitely yeah, did that. That's fair. This was my last chance at love and blah, blah, blah. Gosh. So now that they've really connected on this, this emotional level, Shida kind of feels like it's the time to bring up her concern about having kids and how it's something she really, really does want. Um, and Bilal can understand where she's coming from, Gosh. but yeah, he thinks they don't really know each other well enough and just – Throwing a kid into the mix is going to just – it could mess things up. It could ruin the relationship, you know, and, and he really doesn't want to go through uh, a divorce again and kind of tries to say that nicely to her and kind of be almost long and they just – no resolution, of course, just just doing that. So midway through his segment, you heard me as just go, oh, <laughs> and so this is what I'm running past. Do you think he blames his divorce on his kids? Well, I, I think like – Having kids, right? Not yes. his kids specifically. But and I think this is true of almost every relationship when you throw kids in the mix. It changes your relationship, right? It it creates this stress. It creates this, I want to say crankiness from lack of sleep. Um, it just creates like a, a new dynamic that I think it's very difficult for some couples to really see their partner the same way mm -hmm. or even in a, you know, a more positive way. Because I think it's like, you know, the stress of having a child, the changes, uh, you know, that you go through while having to deal with children. It I don't know. I think it just changes your perspective of your partner. It, oh, it does. It does. And I mean, I definitely would say that. I don't know. I don't think it happened that much on my end. That's somebody very similar situation. Mm -hmm. Have kids, am divorced, right? So yeah. I, I definitely kind of feel like I know where he's coming from with this from personal experience more. Right. And I mean, I definitely, I don't know. I think it, I think it tends to be on the woman's side more when that happens. Or I should say the caretaker side. Whoever's more the caretaker. Right. Because there like, might be resentment there. Yeah. All of a sudden it's like yeah. you, you are fine caretaking somebody and then all of a sudden mm -hmm. you feel like you still have to even though you have this other mm -hmm. responsibility and stuff. But I also am like when you talk about it like that. He, yeah. He left off the most important part which was like – if I had to go through that divorce again for my kids to be around, mm -hmm. I would 100% do it like without hesitation, right? And yeah. and he didn't say that. And he was very much like, I don't know, you had kids and everything changed. And he just left off the part where it's like, but I love my kids and I wouldn't trade them for the Aww, world. It definitely yeah. – and if I'm his kids, I'm watching that and being like, so you <laughs> fucked up your life is what you're telling us? Uh, I mean – I don't know. I feel like there's got to be a point where you, everybody just kind of realizes, right? Like kids, you, everybody was a kid at one point. You mm -hmm. know, they're just stressful. They are stressful, and it, it, but it's it, it's it's one thing when you when you go through a divorce, it has it's not the kid's fault, right? Right? It right. never is. Yeah, and you have to really make sure they know that because they definitely will get the impression that it is, and I feel bad that I think he might have given the impression that it was oh, because he was like, nothing was so bad as that divorce. I hope nobody ever has to go through that. And it's like, and that's always tricky because you are telling them like, I kind of wish you never existed because that oh, would have God. been better. I think that was a little, I think it's a bit of a leap there. That's a bit extreme. Yeah. I'm um, telling kids are extreme. I'm one, telling you that's what they hear. One thing that I like kind of feel like I sympathize with Bilal a little bit, which, oh God, I never thought I would say, um, is when Shida mentioned, you know, like, I know when I first met you, I told you I didn't want to have kids. And it's kind of like that. Now, like him wanting to avoid to have that conversation makes a little bit more sense to me because it's like, this isn't what we agreed on, right? Mm -hmm. But now we're at a point where it's like, I really love this person. I really feel a connection with this person. To lose this person seems like it would be too much. I think, you know, if you really are not on the same page, you just have to cut the cord, right? Yeah, but, totally. It, but it's difficult. It's a loss and it's it's hard and it hurts. And so you don't want to. And it's kind of like, I, I kind of see it like, Shida, you did this to yourself by not being truthful about how you really felt about having kids. You say that, but I think he's also being not being truthful about it either. Right. I sure. don't think he's open to it at all. 
And he's pretending. Oh no, that he is. absolutely <laughs> yes. No, 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 I I agree, and I'm saying, but it's I sympathize with him a little bit just because you know it's just like well you know for you to change your mind that's a lot. Mm-hmm. Well, and then it should have been at I don't know at the point you did change your mind or you told him something different. Yeah. That's when I was like, well, this is. This is my if somebody if it's somebody's line in the sand, then it yeah. has to be a line in the sand. It can't right. just be something you put off and put off and put off. Right, right. Yeah, and that's it really frustrates me is when, you know, people like it's their deal breaker and they're not upfront about the fact that it's a deal breaker. It's like, yeah. well, is it a deal breaker? Because either it is a deal breaker or it isn't. But you can't like say it's a deal breaker, but then not bring it up. Yes. Or say it's a deal breaker and then when not that, follow through. And then not follow <laughs> yeah. through or just oh we'll just pretend you didn't say that. Right. And right. keep going forward. Yeah. Right. That don't make any sense. All right. Okay. So we just had probably one of the more entertaining <laughs> segments with oh Kara Guillermo and Kara's ex boyfriend Chris. So we're kinda at the ten year reunion and Kara runs into her ex Chris who we find out she dated for two years in high school. They were like the popular it couple because she was a cheerleader. He was a jock. They were homecoming king and queen twice. Uh, Her mom caught them banging like the night of prom. (laughs) Some crazy shit went down. And then Kara kind of just plays it off like, you know, they went their separate ways in college. They just grew apart. So now Chris, now present day Chris, he's trying to be a rapper. Yeah. And she said he dresses like a rapper, but I'm trying to think about what rapper dresses like that. I don't know. It's like Kevin Federline, but not as attractive. I mean, he's attractive. got a vest <laughs> like he was trying to be 50 Cent, but like it's camouflaged in yellow. It's very confusing. Right. And he was wearing like big, chunky, like jewelry, like a big blinging ring. He had but a also, hat covering like, his half oh, his face. Yeah, the white trash hat that like comes down over his eyes. Oh, very weird. Goodness. It was a, it was a look. Yes. Yeah. So Chris, he's his goal is to scare Guillermo off. Not by, you know, trying to inject himself into the relationship, but trying to give him the truth of what Kara's like. Apparently, she's incredibly controlling and a cheater. Kara didn't even remember that she had cheated on Chris, and so it seemed all innocent when Chris asked, do you want to know how it ended? And Kara's like, yes, go ahead and tell him. And Chris says, well, her phone was going off and I went through her text because she was asleep and found out that she had just kissed some guy from apparently Kara's massage school. And Kara's like, that happened? I haven't even thought about that in 10 years. I had no idea. So Guillermo walks away going, ah, maybe I can't trust her. (laughs) And I don't know if this is such a good idea. Yeah. So, wow. Yo, bro, 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 bro. I'm telling you, bro, bro. I'm telling you, bro. I'm telling you, bro. Got, man to man. Wanna, you don't want to. You ain't even not, you got to man up and tell <laughs> me no, bro. Like, it was, he was just off the wall. I mean, he was hamming it character. up. He was yeah. hamming it up for the cameras, for sure. Like, but I don't know if I'm Guillermo. Forget about until we get to the cheating part. <laughs> if I'm like confident, more confident meeting Chris. Yes, right? Or less. Because I'm like, that's not yes. competition. I am – yes, right. <laughs> I am clearly an upgrade from this dude. Right, right. But I'm also like – I'm concerned that you were really, really into this dude because if whatever you're into, if that's yeah. it, I'm not offering that. Right. So are you going to go for the next like person who bros you up at the bar because he was <laughs> – And wants you to collaborate on their rap album apparently. Yes, because uh, you <laughs> dance but don't make your own music. It was Weird. Yeah. And they're just they they could not be more different people. Like well, Guillermo I think and Chris. all three of them are different people. I think Kara is very much like him and pretends she's not. Yeah. <laughs> like Chris. Yes. Yeah, kind of that like um I don't want to say artsy, but kind of like free spirited type. That's yes. just like and yeah. I well, I just think and maybe maybe not like Chris, but I think she was a cheerleader. She was in high school. She was a, she was going to be – and so who she, she had to date the most popular guy. Yeah. Whoever that was, however that was, yeah. that's who she had to date. Right. Um, and that's who she was with. And then she also just – because the other thing too is we learned last time that she gets sloshed, so sloshed that she forgets about stuff. <laughs> and this one is apparently – Oh, yeah, I did make out with that guy. Like, how many guys have you made out with that you can't just – like, yes, I get it when – yes, I understand 
now I'm thinking about it, people who are single don't remember people they made out with 10 years right, ago. Right, but if it ended your relationship, yes. because it's not like he found out and like left, he confronted her. I think they were drunk and she doesn't either remember the confrontation or he, because he said it, he put her phone in his face and was like, what's this? And then left. And she was like, what the fuck is he talking about? <sighs> and then went back to sleep and then the relationship was over. Oh my goodness. All right. But yeah, most uh, entertaining segment we've seen so far. <laughs> All right, so we come back to Emily and Kobe, and Emily, they get back from their drive, and things are tense because it sucked, and then they sit down, and Coben is immediately trying to pacify himself on Emily again, and <sighs> but she needs to leave um, because she has to go to work, so she has to leave the kid with Coben, and she doesn't want to do it because she knows he's going to cry, and of course he does. And then Emily's – she gives him to Kobe. Emily's mom is him following him around the house, making sure he doesn't, I don't know, spike the kid like a football. I don't know what she thought he was going to do to the kid. Um, but she was like, it makes me so hard to hear him crying knowing I could just stop it. And then like seemingly like three seconds later, the kid was fine. Yeah. He was reading to him in French and – and the mom was still passing judgment. He's treating him like he's a little kid. And uh-huh. hovering. So and much hovering. hovering yeah. right next to him. So eventually he gets some food and like, you know, has, has a connection with him and eats the food. It's fine. It all turns out fine because it's not that hard to look after an 18 year old. <laughs> and then we go to five hours later and they're still playing on the floor and Coben wants to give, you know, Kobe re- something from Africa. He's trying to connect it to his African roots, which he mentioned before. You know, his, his, his Kobe's mother has passed away, and but he still wants to make sure that Kobe has a connection to those roots. So his choice is ground nuts, which is <laughs> – it sounds like peanuts, but yeah. probably not the best choice, but probably not as bad of a choice as Emily makes it sound when she walks back yeah. in the door. She keeps saying, look how small it is. It's a choking hazard, which – things are a choking hazard because they're too big, not because they're too small. Um, and then he can't eat that. You're ridiculous. And then she gives this whole rant on camera about how she pushed, she has been in his life. She's even conceived and she knows exactly how she wants to raise him. And until, she, until Kobe can prove that he's on the same page, then she doesn't get to do it. So, um, I guess my question is, does Emily know that this child has two parents? Yeah, I know, because I was kind of frustrated, and I even said this to you, like, when we were watching it. Like, why does he have to prove to her? She never had to prove to anyone to be his mom. So it just seems unfair that she's putting him through some kind of weird, like, judgment trial to prove that he's a fit father. Yeah, well, it's not even – it didn't even seem like it's a fit father. It's like – are you going to raise the child the way I have predecided? Yeah. I want my child to be raised. Right. And he doesn't get a say. And so yeah. she gets really upset when he has any kind of opinion. Maybe he shouldn't sleep in the bed with you. It's like, nope, that was my decision. You don't get a say. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know how you can co-parent with someone who thinks that they get to make all the decisions and you have no say at all. Right. And then she's like confused because when they first got back, she was like, he's mad. I don't know if it's because I kicked him out of the bed. It's like, oh, my gosh, how are you so unaware (laughs) that you're being a like turd to this guy? Yeah, it's just and it's just because it seems like she has just put her entire life, her entire body mm-hmm. at the whims of a two uh, of a one-year-old. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. like and her entire family yeah. is at the whims of this one-year-old. Mm-hmm. Like and it's 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 like nothing I've ever seen actually. Like I've been around a lot of kids. I raised two of them. My sister has a child that's not much older than this mm-hmm. and it's always like Wait, is somebody watching? Is somebody watching him? Oh, you got him. All right, cool. Like it's never. It's not like, oh my God, he's he needs the, he needs he needs the boob and he needs the bottle and he needs the thing and we need to constantly be thinking. They just they make it so much harder than it has to be. Yeah, I think part of that may be also pandemic related because they've all been kind of isolated in the house and it's like, what else are you really doing or to focus on really? But this kid, sure. Yeah, I guess so, but it just man, I couldn't imagine even my my parents watched those kids, my sister's yeah. kids a lot. And it's yeah, still but the hovering like, was ridiculous. Hovering. She was like five feet away from them the entire time, just standing, watching, arms folded. Right, like, and I, I, I really, what is this dude gonna do to this child yeah. in the half hour that he's that he's watching right. without you hovering? I don't understand what they're so afraid of. I really yeah. don't. Yeah. Meh. 
So Ari and Binyam are on their way to have dinner with Ari's two brothers and her sister. And they get there and Binyam's really nervous because he really wants this to go well. He recognizes that Ari didn't really get along with his family, but he thinks it's really important because family is a top priority that her family really like him. So as soon as they sit down to dinner, of course, Kristen, Ari's sister, has to ask him a bunch of questions about mostly why they were fighting, uh, especially when Ari had come back and Binyam was still in Ethiopia. He tries to explain what happened. He just said that he was trying to keep busying himself and, you know, that meant hanging out with a bunch of people at the club. And Kristen's just concerned because she's wondering if he'll go back to his old ways. And she's also wondering why, you know, whenever she would call Ari, that Binyam wasn't there. So she's kind of thinking like he's an absentee uh, partner, absentee father. So then Binyam uh, tells the family that he wants to be an MMA fighter. And it's just like, oh, God. So the family's just all like, oh, okay. And he repeats himself later saying that he wants to be a UFC fighter. So they ask him, well, is that why you wanted to come to America? And then for some reason, Binyam decides to spill the beans on the family's, his family's plans on you know, just marrying Ari just for the green card so that way he can come back and forth. And they all just kind of like sit there in silence. <laughs> As Ari recognizes like, oh, the silence, the strong the judgment. It's heavy judgment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So do you think that Binyam recognized how badly like that? I mean, came across to the family. I, I feel like it did because it was almost it was it was the, the implication was like, oh, if this relationship doesn't work out, she'll still sponsor me for a green card. Right. Yeah. That's no problem. We'll just do whatever. It doesn't even matter. Like to try to like but little nobody wants to hear nobody's parents, nobody's siblings want to hear like, I don't know, this relationship might not work out. Don't really give a shit. Like that's oh, not that's not going to win anybody. Of why you think it would. Binium's got to learn to be somewhere in between where he is now and Chris. <laughs> like, because the easiest way to not have these weird, awkward silences and awkward judgments and awkward conversations about what are your past? What are your intentions? Is to just like talk a lot and like to engage about other things and be kind. So I think sometimes people get so nervous about like meeting people mm -hmm. that they like get, get quiet. They're more worried about like saying the wrong thing Yeah, that they're just awkwardly quiet and withdrawn to the point where the people think that there's something wrong with them. And then they don't like you because you didn't, you didn't talk or engage and you were just like weirdly short with your answers. And when you did answer, you said weird shit, like the green card thing. Yeah. But I think like Ari even recognized like, uh, you know, his, uh, English isn't always the best. Yeah, that's true. And so I, I think he meant for it to come off better than it did, but his lack of English skills is why it came out as bluntly as it did. Mm -hmm. So I do think that the underlying message is the same, but if he was able to, you know, have a more command of the English language, he would have probably been able to, I don't know, gussy it up so it didn't seem as terrible. Yeah, I, I feel like she tried to back up and, and do it and try to say, yeah. like, if I choose to marry you, haha, ha, like, ha -ha, yeah. like, I'm the real prize here. Yeah, sarcastically, yeah. but it was, uh, he just gets so nervous. It's, I know, it I kind of feel him. bad for him a little bit. Like, he's always looks like he's going to cry. I said yes. that in the preview. I was like, does he look like he's going to cry? Well, he kind of almost did. That's true. Yeah. Poor guy. Okay, so. Now we are with Kara and Guillermo, and it's the day after uh, the reunion, so they get to pop all the balloons and kind of debrief about what happened. So, you know, Guillermo's not feeling real great about how everything went down, <laughs> and Kara's like, well, did you want to talk about what? what is it that might make you feel some kind of way? And it becomes pretty obvious real quick, like, the fact that you cheated on me? <laughs> that you cheated on him, on your, on your yeah, long-term yeah. boyfriend. That you're a cheater. That you're a cheater. <laughs> yes. feel like that didn't come up. And she's like, uh, I honestly didn't remember because he says it's like a lie. Yeah. And that's what she said. She says, I honestly didn't remember, which doesn't make it doesn't make it better. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I can't even remember all the times I cheated. <laughs> she said she only cheated like 
twice or something that she remembers (laughs) (laughs) so you know it's been like 10 years though that really changes a person but then they kind of bring up the other part of the conversation the game earlier that bothered him when you know it feels like that she's controlling and he has to say, you know, he should say no to her every once in a while. He's like, I I probably should. You are very controlling in the relationship. But a lot of times I feel like I'm not being heard. And she says she doesn't want her, um, you know, significant other to not feel heard. But sometimes it's just like, what are we even talking about? This is dumb. And uh, then it just goes in one ear and out the other. So he kind of says, you know, kind of tries to make his make a little bit of a stand on terms of, you know, her listen, her working on her listening a little bit more. Uh, but I don't know. She does at some point say, you know, it is important that, you know, the people in the relationship listening to each other, that one person, if they're being too much, might, you know, have to change as he just death stares immediately <laughs> at her. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> then, yeah. So at the end, he isn't sure because she, a lot of times, she is all talk and no action. So I don't know. What do you predict? Is there going to be any action here? Is it still going to be just talk? No, I think there's going to be talk for a while. I think that there's a chance for change, but this is not an immediate thing because this is this is a hard habit to break, especially she's like this with everyone. And it kind of seems like she is. Yeah. So, I mean, like best intentions. Right. But it's going to be harder to actually put that into action. So I think this is going to be something they're going to fight about for a while. And it's going to be a work in progress. And I think that's okay as long as she sticks with it. Yeah, but it. It, it, it's like students in school. It's like some, not something you can turn on and off. It just yeah. she has that attitude of I really wanted to listen to what you were saying, but you were what you were saying was boring. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so I didn't listen. Yeah, yeah. So I definitely think it's gonna be a work in progress, but she also needs to kind of make up for it too, like in other ways. Yeah, and I do kind of feel like that's something the cheating thing, like not yeah. knowing that not knowing that she was a cheater, because Yes, there were other instances that she did remember. Yeah, clearly, yeah. Um, not just this one. And it's like it's one of those things. It's it's kind of a double edged sword, right? You don't want to go out and be like, "Oh yeah, I cheat on everybody," because that's not good. But like, <laughs> if you're if, you, if the other person feels like you're hiding your cheating, then it's yeah. like, oh, like I can I trust you? Obviously, cheating is one strike. Not telling me that you've cheated in the past right. is another strike. Like this is all dishonesty. Yeah. Yeah, well, good luck to them. I'm sure they'll figure it out. Okay, so we're back in with Miona and Jabri. And now Jabri has some news that he kind of feels is exciting for himself, but he recognizes that Miona probably isn't going to be so excited for him. So the deal is is that uh, David has found a producer that wants to finish out their album with their little group, the Black Serbs. And the only catch is is that they have to go to Chicago to meet up with the producer. So uh, Jabri wants to go to Chicago and he, he, you know, has to break it to Miona. Miona says, well, I don't know if I really want to go to Chicago because if you recall, she doesn't really get along with David. So then Jabri says, well, you can stay here if you want. She's like, oh, hell no, I'm not staying in Rapid City without you, with your parents. It's already awkward enough. So then Miona takes this as a opportunity to uh, try to bargain with Jabri and say, well, you know, if we go to Chicago, then I want my beach wedding because it seems like I do everything for you. I left my job. I left my family. You didn't have to lose your job. You didn't have to lose your family, you know, and now on a whim, you want to go to Chicago. So, oh, go but we need my beach wedding so jabri just is like what is this i don't want this to be a competition who's sacrificing more and he's kind of frustrated about this whole situation so they both kind of end it with i don't want to talk to you about this anymore and they really don't come to any resolution so do you think it's fair that miona is really pushing for this beach wedding um do you think it's like a fair trade in this case Uh, i mean i would say no, not really. Mm-hmm. Um, because it is. It's like, hey, I have to do this thing for work that's going to pay me a lot of pay me a decent amount. And you're like, yeah. no, I need something in return. I was like, this is for you that yeah. we're doing this. Like, so no, you don't get something in, or for us, right? Right, you don't get something in return for us doing something for us. That does that's not a trade, yeah. right? I just can't get over how much she must 
hate this David guy because yeah. I would be like, you'd think she'd be like, yeah, God, getting Chicago. me out of South Dakota? Yes, it's a city. <laughs> Let's go. This is my favorite person. Right, right. And she even said, well, yeah, I'll give him a chance, but this is the last chance. Yeah, I think I feel like you can maliciously kind of crap her too because she's not specifying what kind of beach. Like we both were oh, like, I know. We were yeah, both like, there's beaches in Chicago. Like right. there's a lake and everything. Like, well, also we were saying they there's clearly snow on the ground in South Dakota. So I'm going to go out on a limb and say it's winter time. So it's like if you're going to go to a beach in the U.S. because you can't really leave the country if you're you know on this visa. Yes. So it's like if you're trying to go to the beach in the U.S., like – in the dead of winter, like, all beaches are going to be cold. Like, I don't care how far south you go, it's still cold. It's going to be cold for her. I mean, you're yeah. talking about, like, yeah, even if, you're, even if you're in Miami, it's going to be, like, in the 60s. Yeah. Right? It's yeah. not going to be, like, warmer than, you know, It'll be picturesque, sure, yeah. but, you know, it's going to be cold. Right. The beach, the thing is that the beaches that she's imagining mm-hmm. are Few and far between in the U.S. Yeah. Like, I imagine she's thinking white sands, oh, goodness, blue yeah. water, yeah. like, and that's not what most of our – there's a couple places that have beaches like that. Yeah. And, like, uh, I guess, you know, in Hawaii, which is part oh, of the U.S. Yeah. I guess they could go to Hawaii. That would – but that would be so expensive. Yeah. And even Shane pointed out, you know, Jabri's grandma earlier in this episode that – you know, if they have any kind of wedding outside of South Dakota, they're going to have a hard time bringing the family, which I'm sure Miona would be perfectly fine with. Yeah, we see that all the time. The the, pers- the, the spouse who's none of their family is going to be yeah, there. So it's not so crap. broken up that some of your family's not going to be there. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. And well, even like, uh, who was it? Um, Jovi and Yara. Yeah. She specifically didn't want his family to be there because she's like, it's not fair. If my family can't be there, yours shouldn't be either. Right. Yeah. 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 I don't know. It's just, she's, it, it's a lot. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Okay. It seems like we have one segment left. Yes. So. All right. So we end with Eve and Muhammad as they leave the dinner. And Eve is like, you're awfully quiet. You seem really upset about something. He's like, were you not there? Because <laughs> your friends were like huge jerks to me the whole time. And she like thought, I she kind of thought he was okay because he doesn't, have a different tone. He just keeps that same tone all the time. He says he was holding it in for her. Um, and then, you know, kind of comes for how he was coming for her. And then she it ends up, she talks about how he didn't like how the, he, she told her friend Tatiana about the, about the underwear thing that was supposed to be private. And then she mentioned that she talked to Tatiana about a fight that they had in August. And then they have that fight again. <laughs> Because she was in a – yeah, she went on vacation and wore a bikini at the pool or something. And it, she keeps freaking out like, I can't believe you're so upset about it. It's just a bikini. I can't believe you're so – you met me. I was wearing a bikini on the picture. And he seems to be most upset that he seems to believe that she promised him that he would – she would not wear bikinis anymore. Mm-hmm. A promise that she denies ever making. Right? And so we just kind of get caught in this fundamental difference of opinion where he feels like – you know, he had certain demands that she made – or demands or requests even that she made promise – that she promised to keep that are deal breakers for him and that she promised them and is now kind of going back on that. Whereas she feels he's just being super controlling and, um, you know, too controlling and, and, and being ridiculous for for making her wear things she doesn't want to wear and she's not a Muslim woman and she shouldn't have to deal with this. And so they get back to the house and she takes her stuff to go sleep, I assume, in Theron's bed. Um, And things are, things are not looking good. They both threaten basically to end this relationship and things don't go their way. So, I mean, like I said, on that one, they seem to be on the same page. Yeah, they definitely (laughs) seem to be on the same page. But I mean, I feel like we've said this before, like, how many, uh, you know, partners are going to do this? They're going to date someone who comes from a very uh, specific culture where women are not necessarily considered equals or mm-hmm. at least they have to be very conservative. And then they're just like, well, they should like we're in America now. They should like be American. It's like, well, you know. You have to have, like, known that this was going to be a thing, that there was going to be a clash of cultures, that this was going to be a struggle, you know, to see eye to eye about everything. And, yes, I get that she's not a Muslim woman, but she's she's trying to marry a Muslim man. And so 
for her to be like, well, his ideas of how women should be women should be are completely ridiculous because we're in America now. It's like I just don't think like there's going to it's going to take time if you want that shift. And that and also a desire for that person to want to let go of their culture. And it doesn't seem like he wants that. No, he doesn't because he was absolutely he was absolutely like. If she's going to dress like her friends, I will go back to Egypt. Yeah. That is a non-negotiable right. for me. Right. Um, which I don't know that he wasn't upfront about. Like I don't I think mean, so either. And that's why it's like, why are y'all clueless about this? Yeah. So I don't know why they don't know. I mean, to be clear, what he's asking for is in our culture ridiculous. Yes, and it's one of those sure. things that I kind of give a side eye for other cultures for having those, right. those bounds and those mm-hmm. boundaries. And like – but on the other side, he was clear about it and yeah. she did make some promises. Right. The question of uh, here is how much did she promise versus yeah. how much he interpreted she promised she would do. Sure. Um, but yeah, I just don't know how they both didn't know this was coming. It's yeah. super obvious. Yeah, I mean, quite honestly, I would not be surprised if this couple doesn't get married um, simply because it doesn't seem like he really has a desire to be in America, you know, like other than visiting. I'm sure that was like probably pretty exciting for him. But, you know, it's like New Mexico. I don't think it's especially like what people think of when they think of America. He wasn't wasn't like Kobe the earlier being like, it's not Miami. Like, come on, like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Yeah. But I think like he's not wanting to be around American women either because he's looking at her squad like, oh, gosh, like that is not for me. You're not going to be like that. Right. Okay. I don't really care what everyone else is doing, but I I still disapprove. So I don't think he really wants to be here. So it's like, well, under those conditions, like I could see him throwing in the towel like very easily. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. And he just he just he it's too much of a cultural difference for him to even understand what she's doing, because he's like at some point he said that it's the name of the title of the episode. You choose a bikini over me. Yeah. And it's like it's not actually about the bikini itself. Mm. It's not the physical, actual bikini that she's choosing. Like, no, my stomach must be shown that I will. (laughs) Choose that over marriage. It's the autonomy that right. she would have to give up to give up bikini because he said so. Yeah. Yeah. Well. All right. So uh, we saw the coming up. There's uh, more shit in the yep. form of horses in the future. Uh, why is there so much horse shit on the show? I don't know. Well, it's horse especially shit, recently. pig shit, cow shit. There's always yeah, shit. Yes. Yeah. A lot of farm animals, right? Yeah. Uh, a lot of farming. Uh, and it looks like uh, Patrick and Thais are going to be back next week. And we didn't hear from them this week. So of the group, I know we were doing this on the fly. We haven't thought yes, about it I know, before. I, I know it's like racking my brain, yes, stalling, it stalling. It. Yeah. Who uh, do you think was your student of the week? I'm going to go with Guillermo. Okay. I was going to as well because okay. it's like, well, you know, I felt like he did a decent job at communicating his needs and wants, mm-hmm. um, confronting her with things that, you know, like needed to be or at least in his mind needed to be confronted. Yeah. Plus, he managed to non-awkwardly uh-huh his way through Chris's conversation. Yeah, right, oh, yeah. right. Uh-huh, he was, sure, uh, man. Oh, He gave totally. her space, too, like at the, yeah, uh, at yeah. the reunion. Yeah, which, he wasn't know, like hovering because a lot right. of people when somebody's they're ex comes clean, up, they're like, yeah. Acting all jealous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, he did, he did pretty good. I mean, I did find him a little annoying uh, when they were setting up, but, you know, he wasn't treated very well, so. Yeah, fair. You know, yeah. All right, so who was your dunce? Emily. Just as a dad, it really mm. upsets me to be like, no, I'm the raiser of the children and oh, the decider gosh. of all things. I know. And if you can't learn to do things my way, you just go move the hell on. Like, no. That's yeah. not how it works. Yeah. That, that's true. And I feel like we've had a couple of situations where it's just like, you have to prove. Like, I feel like it's kind of like a Kalani and Asuelu, too, because Asuelu yeah. wasn't here immediately yeah. when, uh, you know, their first was born. And so kind of the same deal. Although like, I, don't, I, I feel like Kobe, in like the three seconds we've seen him, has already proven himself to be more capable than Asuelu ever has. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> that is pretty true. Um, okay, so uh, Dunce, yeah, I feel like there was a lot of terrible people on this there, Oh, one. yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, I am actually going to go with, uh, who did we see last? Oh, even Muhammad are both terrible, right? Yeah, they're both not good. Oh, I know. Who outranked the other? Uh, 
Maybe I'll go with um, Shida, you know, and not to say that she did something like so, so terrible. But the whole like when we were talking about, you know, like not being upfront about your deal breakers, mm-hmm. I think was kind of a bad move on her part. Um, I, I, you know, we always say Bilal is terrible and this is the one time it's like it was that bad where I was like, yeah. oh, Bilal, yeah. Bilal, I actually sympathize with you the tiniest bit this week. Right. I, I, yeah. So going into deal breakers, that that's my life lesson too, mm-hmm. is deal breakers, um, have to be upfront and they have to actually break deals. Yeah. <laughs> you can't just push them off. Like you guys, cause it's easier to do early on. Mm-hmm. It's harder to do once you've pushed it off to the point where you're attached to this person and now it's going to be a huge mess and disaster when you actually enforce your own boundaries. Right. Um, I think my life lesson is for people like Eve that really want to date someone in such a vastly different culture than their own is that you have to embrace and accept that culture and have discussions um, like honest discussions and follow through with yeah. your compromises because it doesn't seem like that's what they, I mean, it seems like they attempted to at least talk about, but it really also kind of sounded like it was more like Muhammad, like dishing out a bunch of rules, right? Right. And her either agreeing, agreeing to them to or, or not. not. It, yeah. It doesn't seem like he's willing to compromise very much at all. Right. So, I mean, she can't expect to date someone in an, another culture like that and just be like, oh, well, I'm just going to ignore this and do what I want. Right. Yeah. All right. So uh, if you liked or didn't like the format, I think we're going to try it again one more week because we have one more week. One more uh, week together. Yeah. yeah. In Kansas City. Maybe we'll run yeah, into maybe, Bilal. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> I'll like. We'll avoid the river. <laughs> yes. Avoid the river. I'm trying to think like what, what can I what passive aggressive thing can I do to, to Bilal if I see him? Like, smack him in the back of the head. <laughs> Well, right when you see yeah, him, just, and a yeah, little smack and be like, oh, it was just a joke. It was just a prank. joke. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, um, yeah. So we'll be back next week about the same time. Yep. All right. Until then. All right. Okay. Bye. Bye.